welcome to Big G in Conversation, the podcast from inside Guelph City Hall. Hi, I'm Wendy King, and on today's show, we're talking with the folks from Engineering and Transportation Services, Planning and Building Services, Economic Development and Tourism, and Culture and Recreation about what the plan is for shaping Guelph to be future ready. Let's get started. We are asking the questions, what's the plan on our podcast today? And our topic is Shaping Guelph. Joining me is Krista Walke, the General Manager of Planning and Building Services, Terry Gaiman, General Manager, City Engineer, Engineering and Transportation Services, John Regan, General Manager of Economic and Development and Tourism, and Dana Evans, GM of Culture and Recreation. So welcome, everybody. Thank you, Thanks Wendy. for having us. So, Krista, I guess to start us off, so shaping wealth, that's a big topic, but in what ways are we talking? So, shaping wealth is one of our large policy projects that we're undertaking uh, with our community to provide input to help us decide how we grow and how we grow to the next 30 for through the next 30 years. So what does the city of Guelph look like in 2051? Do we have enough housing available? Do we have enough employment lands available? So that's our master planning exercise that we're undertaking right now, really looking at our long-term scenario out to 2051. And that interested me that you're doing it so far in advance. I don't know if that's normal or if Guelph is kind of looking further than usual, but so 2051 is your target year that you're looking at. Yeah, so the province sets um, our target through the growth plan. So they have mandated that we do plan to 2051. So right now we're undertaking a comprehensive exercise with a bunch of other departments, including, you know, you'll hear from Terry and John in a moment. But how do we accommodate an extra 60,000 people in the city of Guelph over 30 years and an extra 34,000 jobs? So that's the exercise we have on the go right now. So uh, why now? Well, we, we, the province told us that we have to have this done by 2022. So that's uh, kind of the why and why we're getting it done right now. It also helps us look ahead and, and plan our, our capital infrastructure and budgets appropriately too, if we're all on the same page working to, to 2051. Right, for sure. So everything always seems to kind of go back to your official plan. So how would you say this impacts the average resident? You know, this is where, you know, I'm probably going to get a little bit planning geeky on the <laughs> on the on the call right now but it does really excite me and what the city is going to look like in 2051 so we'll lay out our our master plan that is our strategic vision for the what the city is going to look like in 2051 and it recognize the quality of life that Guelph currently has and what we want to have in the future it talks about our ecosystem our community facilities the availability of infrastructure the vibrancy of our neighborhoods and the character and the health of the downtown. Uh, so it sets out the land use designations that you may happen to reside on or work in and what's around you. So you can kind of always take a look at it and see what's coming in the future if it's not already there. Um, and it, it really gives us an idea of how Guelph is going to look for that in the future, 30 years down the road. And do you get uh, the average citizen involved in this in any way or does that come later? Um, so far, you know, we started this a, a little while ago and, and some of our engagement is, you know, up to about a thousand people per engagement activity. And right now on Have Your Say Guelph, we do have another opportunity to engage on what is our preferred community structure looking like. So throughout the rest of 2021 and the early part of 2022, we will be engaging the community a lot 
and and really do ask for input into what the city looks like and, and feels like uh, going forward. Yeah, that's great. So how do you take into account uh, cultural has heritage designation and how does that all work together? You know, heritage for the city of Guelph is really important to the look and feel of our community. Um, you know, the city was founded in 1827, so it's it's been around for, for quite a while. And the the buildings in, in the downtown Guelph and the older areas of Guelph um, are the local quarried limestone, which really all contribute to how uh, Guelph looks and the legacy of the city itself. Earlier this year, we brought forward a report called the Cultural Heritage Action Plan, mm-hmm. and it identifies various areas of the city in our um, cultural heritage resource inventory that we as staff will use going forward. And it's really uh, a, a plan that prioritizes actions to conserve conserve the cultural heritage of the city. And it also sets out some further work, which we're going to do is to come up with some, some incentives to make sure we do conserve those natural assets. So uh, the cultural heritage and Heritage structures in the city do pay, play a significant part of how we plan the city. And I guess, Terry, bringing you in here, what would be the plan for building? Thanks, Wendy. So maybe I get to go a little engineering and transportation geeky here <laughs> to pick up on what Krista was saying. But I mean, as you can imagine, there's so many initiatives and projects going on uh, to build our city. And it all starts with our strategic plan directions, particularly around building our future and navigating our future. So these directions ensure city staff are completing projects that help with things like uh, maintaining existing infrastructure, like our roads and our pipes in our downtown or throughout the city, and developing or securing new assets like our recreation facilities, and also gives us direction to complete projects that improve connectivity to our transportation network. We do this through projects like our transportation master plan, which calls on us to build a city in a connected way that allows for more sustainability in the way we travel. So we prioritize all this work through a number of studies, including master plans and secondary plans, the things Krista mentioned, as well as our corporate asset management plan. And we use those plans to prepare a capital budget for city council approval. And once approved, the city budget gives city staff the final go ahead for those construction projects that people see that build and rebuild our city. Right. So you mentioned the transportation network. And I know you guys are, we did a whole podcast on on that kind of plan. And it's amazing what you guys are planning. But what do you envision there from now till I guess 2051? Yeah, so like I said, uh, the navigating our future strategic direction tells us improvements to the transportation network are important for a thriving city. So the transportation master plan is that high level plan that sets direction for building our transportation network well into the future out to 2051, like Krista mentioned. And when the transportation network is work is strong, it has so many positive impacts on the city. So no matter what mode you choose, like walking, cycling, transit, or car, and everything from recreation to goods movement to commuting to work is so closely tied to the directions and policies that get set in that transportation master plan. So right now, city staff are developing that plan to take to council later this year. And it's centered around a bunch of core values that are important to Guelph, like road safety, equity, sustainability, completeness, affordability, and then again, tying it and being supportive of land use planning. So back to the work that Krista mentioned. And all of those elements combined together are important in balancing the needs of a growing city like Guelph, while ensuring we're making choices that benefit everyone, especially in including the future generations. 
Great. And in every city, the downtown is so vital. You hear that all the time. Um, what downtown improvements are, are on the map? So through a lot of the work that's been done over the past few years, the city's really established a real um, vision for a vibrant and thriving urban downtown in the future. And one key part of achieving that vision is ensuring the essential services like water and wastewater can be delivered reliably so that businesses can thrive and people can get the services that they count on. And we've seen that especially uh, prevalent during the COVID pandemic. In downtown, the majority of the pipes are very old, so we know we need a plan to improve them. And right now we're at the very early stages of developing a bit of a program approach to renewing the road and pipe infrastructure in downtown. And so through our asset management work that I mentioned earlier, we're developing plans and priorities on where the investments should be made. And we're also getting set to begin work with our various community partners on how this work can be completed while minimizing the inconveniences and disruptions that come with construction in city streets. Right, for sure. Now, John, yeah, economic development and tourism, uh, you have really taken a hit with this pandemic. I mean, no doubt. Uh, what are you doing to assist the devastated tourism sector. Thanks, Wendy. Yeah, absolutely. The the tourism industry was was by far the the first sector impacted, and is likely going to be well will actually be the the last sector to recover. Um, devastated is is probably not even uh, the right word. It 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 is quite significant. However, um, what the city has done recently is we've just launched a tourism recovery grant. Um, and that uh, is $350,000 uh, that um, tourism uh, providers, tourism businesses can can apply up to $10,000 uh, for some recovery money. And that could be uh, put towards PPE, it could be towards repivoting, could be towards uh, just uh, uh, making the bank account a little bit more flush and offsetting some of those operating costs. Well, pivot, there's a, there's a word we've all heard the last year and a half, right? I know. Yeah. Come up with a different word. Yeah. <laughs> and Krista, are you, you're involved with that funding, so that I notice you're very excited about that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think uh, John Shop kind of leads leads that component, but uh, planning is certainly um, part of what happens in the downtown and, and how we do move forward as well. For sure. So John, okay, tourism. Uh, not the only victim, obviously, but um, how do you work in your department to um, assist retail and services and manufacturing? Yeah, so um, certainly tourism was not the only affected uh, sector throughout this pandemic. Um, and so we have a program uh, that was kind of uh, in hibernation a bit. It was called Grow Guelph, and it's, it's, we call it a BR&E program or Business Retention and Expansion Program. And this quite often involved site visits where we'd go and meet with the business uh, operators, the, the owners, and we look for red flag issues or green flag issues is what we call them. And so working with businesses to find out, you know, how can we as a city work with them for them to be more, or to, for them to be sustainable and how we can uh, help them survive. So all things that you've heard from Krista and Terry uh, tie directly into every, everything the city does is economic development. So to be geeky on the economic development side, we're all in the economic development business, whether we like it or not. Um, so we're, we're relaunching that Grow Guelph and the business retention expansion program where we can actually get uh, boots on the ground 
probably virtually for the next little while and understanding what the needs are um, and how we can really assist businesses. Uh, the other piece, the other piece I wanted to mention too, the tourism recovery fund, uh, you know, is is a great vision of council and and it's not the only sectors that have been hit. Also, uh, and and Dana Evans, who's who's on the call, uh, she's also launched an emergency fund as well to help the not for profits because it's it's not just those for profit businesses that have been affected. Everyone has been affected by this. Dana, did you want to jump in there about the emergency fund for not-for-profits? Absolutely. The first, uh, the first stage of funding is open right now for uh, not-for-profit organizations, for individuals, for our sort of unincorporated groups. So we're from 5,000 to 25,000, um, where organizations can apply for funding to look for, or individuals look for funding to help in that COVID pivot. Um, so what is that? So what is that new thing that we need a leg up for to try to help in order to have some impact and well-being in the community? Right. How marketable would you say Guelph is? Oh my goodness. Um, I think it's very marketable. Guelph uh, has an incredible reputation um, and it is a desired uh, destination. Uh, absolutely. We've, we, we still get uh, many investment inquiries. We've had businesses uh, uh, expand. We've had businesses open. Um, so even though it's not, it's not all doom and gloom necessarily, you know, the pandemic has had a, had a huge negative impact on the majority of businesses. Some businesses uh, uh, have been able to adapt, not using the word pivot, but some businesses who were able to or, um, or could um, uh, augment their businesses have done, have done well and will continue to do well. But uh, Guelph is, uh, remains very viable as uh, the investment of choice as far as locations go, uh, not only in, in Ontario, but in Canada. So just to not leave that topic quite yet, um, it, we're still in the middle of a pandemic, you know, we're getting more and more restrictions put on us. We don't quite know yet what post-pandemic life is going to look like. So when you look to the future that way, how are you going to get out of the mess? I know that's <laughs> a giant question, and but I'm sure you think about it all the time. Oh, absolutely. It keeps me, literally keeps me up at night as, a, as an, I'm sure it does everyone else. Um, you know, how how long is it going to take for us to get out of the mess? The, the, the question back is how long did it take us to get into this mess? And uh, I think we need to have a, add a factor to that as well. Um, really, again, um, Guelphites are very resilient. Um, and I think that we will recover uh, very well um, because of that, because of our, uh, our positive attitude, our positive outlook, um, the, the leadership at the city, um, is impeccable it is uh it's it's very driven it's very motivated uh and our our step on the economic development side is that we are in the process we were in the process of developing our strategic plan and so making sure that that has um uh gets some legs on it uh, later on this year as we launch it i think that's really going to be a driving force and how we're going to get out of this uh post pandemic but again it's 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 not just economic development it's uh it's chris's group terry's group uh and uh the entire city you know works so well together in in uh in delivering that 
that outcome of, of recovery. Yeah, totally. Right. Um, Dana, I guess your bailiwick is kind of affordable housing. What, where does the city, how do you provide that? Um, the city has an affordable housing strategy that aligns to the official plan. And so in partnership, certainly with uh, planning and any growth strategies, um, we look at the uh, sort of affordable housing strategy as sort of our base. Um, we work very closely on the sort of social services side, on the emergency shelter and on the homeless programs with the County of Wellington. Um, they've been elected our provincial um, consolidated service manager. So how the city then gets involved uh, is certainly from a more that policy work from targets. Um, and we have uh, luckily have a little bit of funding. So there's uh, an incentive uh, program, an municipal incentive program. And then there's a little bit of a gap about how to get access from the program and on the strategy and then into the funds. Um, so stay tuned. There's a report and information going through to council uh, shortly later this year as well um, that should ho hopefully open up that to give a little bit more open and transparency to the community on how we can help leverage. And as we leverage in a municipality, then uh, organizations and proponents can leverage new housing stock, whether it's affordable or even supportive housing um, through other levels of government, knowing that they have that local support. And sometimes that truly is just through funding, um, goes a long way uh, into helping increase some of the housing stock in Guelph. Is what the city does different from what the county does for affordable housing or do you just work together? We certainly work very closely together, but it's sort of uh, pinholed in uh, looking at the housing continuum and at different levels of support. So the city sort of picks up um, on the latter half of the housing continuum into affordable housing, into home ownership, um, and uh, and then the county works on the sort of other side, which is around um, supports, rent to geared income, emergency shelter, transition housing, and the city pays them for that service. Um, so it's a, a sort of 16 million dollar investment uh, into housing um, uh, for the community uh, annually. It's really hard because you guys are all in your different departments. It's kind of like you have to have a crystal ball. I mean, I'm sure you know all your figures and you have ways of figuring it out, but really, I mean, who knows, right? We didn't know this was coming either. No, well, I'm uh, I haven't got my crystal ball geek hat on. Uh, maybe I'll stay on the culture work for my geek hat, just the same. But I would love that crystal ball, but we're not there yet. Yeah, exactly. Well, we've come to the point that everyone loves our rapid fire questions, and um, I I think probably well, whoever wants to jump in, but um, it might be Terry. Uh, what impacts do all of these initiatives we talked about have on the city budget? Well, as you can imagine, there's there's only so much money to go around, Wendy. So we really have to spend time doing our best work on prioritizing. So we use data, right? We use policy and we try our very best to understand where's the biggest bang for your buck and what's going to have the best impact for our community. And those are the projects that we try to bring forward and have our city council make their decisions in terms of the money we spend and where it goes. And Krista, did you want to jump in? Yeah, I just want to add to that too. Since we're planning in, in, you know, out 30 years, it really helps inform that capital budget as well. And, you know, planning works with economic development, Dana's group and cultural and tourism and, and Terry, and we really help inform that capital budget by the works we're doing now as well. Um, how do these initiatives benefit the community? You know, I'll maybe start off. Um, and again, we're just, we're providing that long-term outlook and thoughtful, comprehensive planning uh, that will attract, you know, new residents, businesses, and services that add to our community. Right. And um, 
one word, if you could, to describe why the city wants to move forward with each of these? My word will be comprehensive. Anybody I would, else? I would go with uh, responsible. I'd go with sustainable. I'm going to go with home. Great, great words. Well, listen, um, you're all expert geeks. I will, I will give you all that. It's, it's a pleasure to have talked to you all, and you, you know your stuff. And golf is in good hands. It's an aggressive course of action, so golf is going to be future ready. So my thanks to Krista, Dana, John, and Terry for your time and expertise today. I'm Wendy King with the City of Guelph's Big G in Conversation podcast. Thanks for joining me. If you have ideas for a show or comments, you can email biggpodcast at guelph.ca. Until next time, take care and let's keep the conversation going.